Hi, I'm Kat Holbrook, cook, lover of all things British and host of The Doorstep Kitchen. Welcome and thanks for tuning into this show which celebrates the best of British food and drink. Each week I'll be chatting to someone that inspires me by cooking or producing delicious things on our doorsteps. We'll also hear from our expert forager Imogen Davis on what delights you can find right now and I'll be sharing some of my favourite recipes which I hope will inspire you. Coming up in today's episode, I'll talk through another one of my favourite asparagus recipes and Imogen speaks about Alexander's, also known as Roman Parsley. But first, I chat to Alex Wright, co-founder of Dashwater. My guest today is a saviour of wonky fruit and veg. He loves British ingredients and his sparkling drinks are sold all over the world. It's Alex Wright from Dash. How are you doing, Alex? Morning. I am very well, thanks, Kat. How are you doing? Yeah, really well, thanks. It's decided to not rain today, so that's very nice. Absolutely. <laughs> Always a blessing, especially when it's springtime. It's been lovely weather recently. Oh, it's been so incredible. Hopefully we can, uh, we can continue some of the nice weather that we've had shortly. Yeah. Um, so how is Dash at the moment? Obviously, it's a very turbulent time, uh, but are you busy? Uh, it is it is a little bit more busy than usual. Yes, it is a turbulent time with coronavirus that is wreaking havoc. Um, but I, I I think that um, the the business is in a relatively good position. Um, our online sales are absolutely flying, and although it's not balancing out the loss of sales in main estate grocery. Mm. It is really helping to prop up the business, um, which is good. And um, my friends and family are well, so weathering the storm pretty well at the moment. Good. So I want to speak to you about your business, Dash, and that kind of where you got the idea from. You own it with your business partner, Jack. And yeah, so where did you guys come up with the idea? We came up with the idea as we both come from farming backgrounds. And so we've always been really passionate about food that goes to waste. Um, So across the Western world, about a third of fruit Mm. and veg grown doesn't end up on people's plates, 30%. So we've always been keen to use this fruit and veg that would otherwise go to waste and repurpose it into a way that it doesn't mean that all the energy, time, resources that goes into growing it is lost and is that because you're you're both from farming backgrounds you kind of realize like the hard work that goes into it and then how kind of upsetting it is when the food doesn't reach the plate exactly that i don't think any farmer wants to see their hard work go to waste and Mm. when we first met we're always keen to use repurpose this fruit and veg that goes to waste and jack and i we, we both met and became good pals whilst working in the soft drinks industry and while we were working there, we, we saw this growing wave for people looking for uh, beverages that didn't have high quantity of sugar and sweetener in. So in a can of Coke, for example, there are about 25, 30 grams of sugar in it, which is just absolutely yeah. mad. And if there isn't lots of sugar, then there's lots of sweetener, which is really bad for your body's insulin levels because it makes you crave more sugar. So we wanted to offer a really delicious alternative to sugary and artificially filled drinks Mm. whilst using this fruit and veg that would otherwise go to waste Um, and so that's very simply how the idea came along 
And the way that we craft Dash is by simply buying fruit and veg off farmers that are lower grades. They're grade three and fours and would otherwise go to waste. And we chop them up and we let it rest in spring water for about six to eight hours. This gently extracts the flavor, but none of the sugar or sweetener. And so that's how we craft our delicious drinks. Mm. So, um, yeah, you mentioned you, you buy this three or four grade fruit and veg from farmers. So what does that mean? You know, it's bruised or it's wonky. Are there any kind of funny different types of fruit that you buy? Yeah, it's, it's a good question. So um, there, there isn't a, a, a once, you know, there, there isn't a, a, a single thing that means that the fruit and veg goes to waste. Mm. There are lots of different um, th- things such as it being wonky or there being blemishes or it being overweight or underweight. Um, and the supermarkets typically will take the grade ones and twos. So mm-hmm. it, it's graded from one to four. And the ones and twos are really straight, they look good, no blemishes, but they taste just as good as the grade threes and fours. Mm, yeah. So it's, it's, it's mad that these supermarkets won't take these lower grade items. Um, and so sometimes the grade three and fours do get used. So sometimes it does go to uh, back of house places. So for example, if a Turkish restaurant is making satsiki, then there's no need to take perfectly straight cucumbers they'll take lower grade cucumbers because they chop them up and put them in the satsiki Mm. Um, however many of the cucumbers do go to waste and to give a bit of a reference point the raspberries that we get from Herefordshire last summer our farmer had 17% of those raspberries that weren't bought at the source of the farm so they're alarming numbers yeah. Um, they so that's the grading system. Um, I think it's, it's we're, we're really proud about the carbon footprint of Dash. So we create our drinks. We infuse them and can them in Herefordshire. Where this happens, we get our water from below the ground, and it hasn't seen sunlight for about forty years. And within a 15-mile radius, we get our raspberries and our black currants. Um, so there's, it's, a, it's a really unique carbon footprint there. Um, it's not perfect, our carbon footprint. We're, we're really trying to work on it. Um, we're about to go live with a carbon footprint measuring company called Carbon Cloud, mm-hmm. which will really help us I- identify more about our carbon footprint and the ways we can improve Amazing. So you mentioned you get black currants and raspberries from just around the corner um, from where you get your water. So is it just mainly one producer then per veg? You don't go to sort of lots of different ones? Yeah, it's a good question. Actually, we do have a variety of different farms. Um, We would ideally want to try and get organic produce. Um, There are lots of difficulties around this because we take wonky ingredients there isn't always a set level of supply from any given farm. Yeah. Therefore, we source from different farms, which means that we can't guarantee that all our produce is organic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. 
So you initially started, um, was it a few years ago? Three years ago, ago. uh, May the 15th. And you had two flavours, and now you've got five. Um, Have you got a (laughs) favourite? I do have a a new favourite. We've launched a peach flavour recently, which is really delicious, juicy, summery flavour. And that is, that's my new favorite. I'm not quite sure if it's my favorite just because it's new and exciting um, and different to the other flavors that I have. Um, I have about three or four cans a day because Dash, it's got no sugar or sweetener. You you can literally have as as many as you'd like. Um, (laughs) So, so peach is in vogue at the moment, whether or not that gets trumped by my usual favorite that is cucumber, we shall have to see in due course. (laughs) What do you think, you know, the next big thing is going to be in the drinks industry in general? Because I feel like, yeah, low calorie, you know, natural sparkling drinks have really taken off like your company. What do you think that is going to be the next big thing? I think there are three three macro trends that are happening at the moment in beverages. Um, the first is health and wellness. So 79% of people in the UK are concerned about health and wellness and they want to eat better. They want to um, they want to treat their body better. They want to do more exercise. Um, so I, I think in the beverage space, drinks that don't have nasty ingredients, so sugar, sweetener, is really key. Um, I think the next thing is low and no alcohol. Yeah, there have been some really interesting brands that have arisen in the last four or five years that have created this new category. It's called No and Low. And 10 years ago, if, if you talk to people about No and Low alcohol, there's a, there was a stigma attached to that. But now there have been some amazing brands that have done really good things in that space um, and have made not drinking acceptable or even cool by the way that they've created the brand. They've stylized the beverages and made it into an acceptable product to drink in that experience. Um, and then the third thing is sustainability. Mm-hmm. I think that the transparency of ingredients is so key. Um, being able to understand where your ingredients comes from. When you read an ingredient list, you understand the names of the ingredients that are in there, and you understand where the product is sourced from. I think it's so powerful. Yeah. And in a world where people are craving for um, claims that are correct and easy to understand, I, th- I just think that's a that's a really simple one to get right there. Yeah, totally. So just on back on the kind of food waste side, um, obviously it's a huge issue. And you mentioned, did you say 30 to 40% of our fruit and veg is wasted? Correct, yeah. Yeah, that's outstanding. Are there any particular people in the in the ind- same industry as you or different industries that you think are doing amazing things um, to combat food waste? Yes. So the main pioneer um, of food waste uh, around the UK, but also worldwide, is a guy called Tristram Stewart. And he's one of the most inspiring people that I've ever met. He runs a food waste charity that is called feedback um feedback um Mm -hmm. they um they they help glean fruit and veg that would be going to waste at a farm level 
and repurpose it into other products or to be able to go to food waste um, charities. Um, so Tristram Stewart's a really inspiring guy. Feedback is is his charity. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some other fantastic um, food waste brands. Um, so Ruby's in the Rubble are one. Yes, I love their um, chutneys and things. They're absolutely delicious. Um, chickpea, uh, Hannah makes hummus from repurposed wonky fruit and veg. Mm-hmm. Um, Odd Box is a wonky fruit and veg box. Yeah. Um, Toast Ale is a <laughs> is a beer um, that is actually uh, it's it's partnered with Tristram Stewart's food waste charity Feedback. All of their profits go to Feedback. Um, so those are a few names and brands to name a few. Yeah. Definitely. I've, I've had quite a few of those. Haven't had chickpea, though. Need to go and scout that it's out. It's very good. Um, and then what do you think, apart from uh, some of the things that you mentioned, what do you think are the kind of big issues around food waste? Do you think it's more around, like, educating the consumer or is it, you know, the supermarkets are lowering their kind of standards? Yeah, it's it's a good point. I, I think the, the key thing is uh, consumer education. Mm-hmm. Um I think that although the supermarkets, they do need to um, make their regulations less stringent on the size, shape and colour of fruit and veg. Mm. The problem is that consumers, now that they're so used to everything being perfect in the supermarkets, um, if there was fruit and veg side by side, um, so if there were cucumbers side by side, on the left is grade one and twos, on the right is grade three and fours, the consumers would go for the ones and twos. Therefore, I think consumer education is is really key to be able to show consumers that, yes, they might look imperfect, but they taste absolutely fantastic. Um, On the same side, I think that generally so much food is wasted at home yeah, there are so many bits that people will just chuck in the bin because it's the end of the, um, it's the end of the the, the punnet of strawberries or it's the end of that the bag of salad or whatever it might be, and then if you if you were to multiply that by fifty two weeks a year, and then multiply that again by the twenty million households that there are in the UK, there's that that's a lot of food that is wasted every week, and it's a really simple thing that everyone can just get right. Yeah, absolutely. So moving on to kind of a summer is approaching and people will hopefully, let's see, be out and about um, and enjoy, you know, a cocktail in a park or something like that. Fingers crossed. I think Dash could be really brilliant in a cocktail and I'm sure that you have some recipes or you've used it. Uh, have you got any, yeah, have you got any tips or recipes for incorporating it? Yes, yes. It's uh, it's coming to that season, actually. Exactly. We have a lot of people that message in saying, um, what, what are your uh, cocktail recipes? And with, with Dash, we've always been keen not to confuse people with our marketing messages and to pump out comms saying Dash is a mixer. However, it is a very good mixer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, Secondary. Uh, and, and so a lot of people are bored with tonic water that a one of those small bottles of uh fever tree the 250 mils you know it's got 15 grams of sugar in and so they're repurposing dash as a as a a soda mixer so one of these is a is a 
uh, a, a skinny bitch cocktail, which is is really simple. It's yeah. Um, it's a dash lemon with vodka, garnished with lemon or lime or mint. Um, so that that's the simple one that a lot of people do. If people are looking to get a little bit more jazzy, my favorite is the dash raspberry mojito. So okay. this is uh, a highball glass, and you just crush up lots of ice. Um, we went round to the Sitsmith Distillery the other day, and we're using mm. some of their um, their London dried gin, which is absolutely fantastic. Um, put a bit of mint in there, some whole raspberries, and then just top it up with some raspberry dash. And there you've got your dash raspberry mojito, which is mm. absolutely delicious really refreshing in the summer oh that sounds great honestly i'm so sick of like the standard mixes out there i don't like things that are too sweet so for me yeah dash as mixer will be absolutely perfect you should try the peach as a mixer as well we're toying around making our own peach bellini oh nice so we haven't perfected the recipe quite yet but next time we chat i'll be able to share that okay great i always feel like the peach might be quite good to top up hymns with yes as a bit of a twist on the on the classic mm. or to be honest you could just go raspberry cucumber i think any of them would probably go well with pims good british summery flavors yeah exactly um you're raising money at the moment for you as you mentioned earlier i think it's feedback mm. um and something to do with coronavirus can you just um yeah explain a bit more about that and how coronavirus is affecting what you do so coronavirus has affected the the social mobility in the uk and it, it, there, there have been two major things that have combined this year to make the harvesting of fruit and veg in the uk really tricky mm-hmm. but the first thing is the um the lack of workers coming from the eu due to, due to brexit um and then the other thing is the general lack of social mobility that covid19 has caused yeah um so both of these mean that there is a shortfall of about 60 000 to seventy thousand workers to pick the harvest 60 000 to seventy thousand. it's a hell of a lot um and so the food waste charity feedback um, are doing some really good campaign in line with what people might have heard with, which is the Pick for Britain campaign. Yeah. Um, so we are supporting the food waste charity feedback. Um, we're raising money for those guys in order to raise awareness about it and be able to um, both help mobilise people to get to the farms um, and also pay for expenses like travel. So we're raising money for that. We're also doing a gleaning day uh, next week, actually. So next week, there's a farm based in Kent that has tons of cauliflower that is going to waste. And there is is literally no one that uh, is able to pick this cauliflower. So we as a Dash team, we're going to the farm, bring along some friends and family and uh, volunteering to pick this cauliflower and then this will go to food waste uh, banks across the UK um, and go to homeless shelters or other homes like that. Oh brilliant yeah I was quite tempted to get involved in the Pick for Britain campaign and I looked at the farms near me and there's there's just there's none near me at the moment um, that need any help unfortunately. Well maybe a good thing if, there, if there's another need any help. <laughs> Yeah, true. 
So what do you think your favourite British ingredient is sort of coming into summer? Um, because every every episode I create a recipe um, based on what my guest is enjoying at the moment. Okay. If it's just one, I'm going to go for asparagus because I think, I think this is the the absolute gem of my my vegetable patch. Um, part of it is because asparagus tastes really, really good. Um, but the second reason is that it also takes ages to grow because you've got to leave it a couple of years before you, uh, you're able to harvest it. Mm. So it's really special. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I completely agree. Asparagus is one of those things that you can do nothing to and it will taste amazing. Yes. Uh, asparagus flavoured dash? No? <laughs> maybe, 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 maybe a limited edition run. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but honestly, you did an April Fool's um, about a pea flavoured dash and I thought that was hilarious and I totally fell for it and I was really excited. Um, <laughs> I mean, and everyone really responded to it well, I think. Do you think um, that you might do any more kind of crazy flavours along those lines. We will do in due course. That that P one was quite funny actually because we so for people who didn't see it, we uh, as, as part of a uh, we, we were launching a new flavour and it was around the time of April Falls. And so we publicised that we had launched a new pea flavoured dash on the first of April. <laughs> And had a a couple of videos that was that were supporting this this prank, um, <laughs> and the reaction was such that actually far more people than we thought were really excited about the idea of a pea flavored dash. <laughs> and one being me. <laughs> a couple of days later, when we announced, sorry guys, it's not going to be pea flavored dash. It's actually a juicy peach flavor <laughs> i was reading the comments on instagram and one very loyal chap said um <laughs> actually guys the april fool's joke is on you because you actually had loads of people that were up for the pea flavor <laughs> <laughs> um but yes so m- maybe p one day I-, I think we really like the idea of um, as we grow as a brand and get further scale, then we'd love to be able to bring some herbal and botanical ranges to the fore. Lovely. Oh, it sounds really exciting. Thank you so much for coming on and chatting to me about um, food waste and dash and the drinks industry. Well, thank you for your time. And I'm, uh, I'm glad that you enjoyed the drinks that I sent. I did. Thank you so much for those. Thanks, Kat. Cheers. Like Roberta from last week's episode, Alex voted for asparagus as his favourite ingredient right now, so I had to oblige and give you another asparagus recipe, which was no hard task as it's so delicious. Today I'm making asparagus carbonara for two. Bring a pan of generously salted water to the boil, and while that's bubbling away, fry half a diced onion until soft, then remove to cool. Blanch 150 grams of trimmed and sliced asparagus, and 50 grams of peas for about two minutes, then sieve out and toss into a large frying pan, but keep the water on the boil for the pasta later. To the pan, also add your cooled onion, 50 grams of grated hard cheese, like Sussex Charmer or Burkeswell, or you could go for Parmesan or Pecorino. Add two egg yolks, the juice and zest of one lemon, and three slices of diced cured ham or bacon. Then add 200 grams of fresh pasta to that boiling salted water. I like to use tagliatelle and cook for two minutes. Then transfer to the frying pan with the rest of the ingredients and toss all together. Add a ladle of the pasta water 
into the frying pan to make a silky sauce and mix together. Then just season and taste and eat immediately. You can visit doorstepkitchen.com for this full recipe and I've linked the exact page in the notes under this episode. Now we're moving on to speak to our expert forager Imogen Davis from London Restaurant Native. She joins us every week. Hello again, I hope you managed to have some fun with pineapple weed last week. I still have some of my cocktail experiments on the go, so I'll keep you posted. April and May is the perfect time to forage for our wild herb of the week. Alexander's or Smyrnium olusatrum. Now, these were not a familiar sight to me growing up in the Midlands, but when we'd visit the coast for the day, I'd notice them everywhere. And now they've made a home for themselves in London, covering the heaths and the parks. And in the spring, they produce these yellowy green flowers and in the autumn, black seeds, and they grow to about 50 to 120 centimetres. What I love about Alexander's is that they're an entirely edible plant. They were introduced to the UK by Romans as a culinary and medicinal herb. Just before we close native for lockdown, which feels like a million years ago, one of my favourite dishes was the young Alexander buds with parsley honey and seaweed beurre blanc. And it was just beyond delicious. So as an entirely edible plant with bright, glossy green leaves, it's good to know the best time to harvest the herb for what you'd like to use it for. The young, fresh leaves earlier in the season have a celery-like flavour. And they're really versatile, so you can use them in soups, salads, or add it even into a Bloody Mary. Then we have the succulent stalks, which are hollow and sweetened with a fragrant scent, but they're spicy fennel flavour. When the stems are young and before they're too woody, they're great steamed with plenty of butter and pepper. Or even better, you can make your own Alexander seed pepper. For me, it's the seeds that are the most exciting part of the Alexander. They start off plump and vibrant and green, but later in the year when they turn a deeper dark brown or black, they're a brilliant aromatic to spice up your cooking. You can use in place of black pepper and start up your own forage spice rack, which is great fun. The fun doesn't stop with dinner though. I have an Alexander leaf gin that's infusing and also use the tougher woodier stalks to work on creating some new wine covers for when we do reopen as a sort of biomaterial. My lab is getting slightly more interesting by the second so really there's no limit to how you can use Alexander's so get out there and find some and enjoy and let me know what you do with them. A quick mention, I couldn't let this week go by without a small shout out to the foraging favourite that are in full bloom at the moment, elderflowers, a delicate floral perfumed flower that is a dream to get in the creative in the kitchen with. From elderflower cordial to champagne and sorbet, the possibilities really are endless. Thanks Imogen, they sound brilliant. Obviously it's elderflower season as well, so if you want to pick something that you're slightly more familiar with, then I suggest going for these. It's been so sunny recently, they are incredible as so much pollen on the blooms it is the year to make elderflower cordial if you're looking for inspiration i've got cordial a granita and a cocktail recipe on my website doorstepkitchen.com that i'll link below as well that's all for this episode of the doorstep kitchen thank you so much for listening if you enjoyed the show please do rate review and subscribe as it makes all the difference Next week, I speak to Chef Richard Bainbridge of Benedict's in Norwich. Being in Norfolk, he has wonderful samphire at his fingertips. So I'll be sharing a samphire recipe and Imogen will be back to chat about dandelions. See you next time.